We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Greg Cantor, a winner of numerous FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship leagues and is the returning champion of one of the FFPC $5,000 entry big payback leagues. His FFPC high-stakes winnings alone in 2018 totaled nearly $50,000. You can follow him on Twitter at CrackRock. In this episode, we discuss his draft in the Football Guys Players Championship, the Hardway League, the importance of staying strong in your convictions during drafts, and who he's worried he might have too many shares of in drafts he's already done this summer. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel as well. 
Now, without further ado, here is $50,000 2018 FFPC High Stakes Fantasy Football winner, Greg Cantor. Welcoming in this week on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, you saw his draft on uh, on Twitter in the the Battle of the Hardos, aka the Hardway uh, Football Guys Players Championship from a couple Saturdays ago. He is one of the defending FFPC Big Payback Champions from 2018. Uh, numerous Football Guys Players Championship and FFPC Main Event League titles under his belt uh, from last year as well. Welcoming in Team Crack Rock. You can follow on Twitter at Crack Rock. It's Greg Cantor joining us this week. Greg, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here and uh, ready to give you some nuggets of information. Yeah, you, you've done a ton of drafts already this year, So, and I know people who follow you on Twitter or pay attention to you on Twitter are ready to, for me to pick your brain, and, and I know that they would have a bunch of questions too, so hopefully we can answer them uh, with, the, with the conversation that we're going to have today. Before we get into fantasy football, can you tell the listeners uh, what you're doing for a living when you're not winning all these leagues? Yeah, I work for uh, one of the uh, the biggest bank in the world. Uh, so I am in wealth management, and uh, I'm not going to mention the bank, but uh, if you can figure it out, implied who the biggest is. And uh, you know, before that, ten years ago, I was a civil engineer, just like Noah. So listening to his uh, conversation, that's you know, my background is engineering, and then I pivoted after the great you know crash or depression in 2008 and went into wealth management and now uh you know i watch the stock market go up and down so it's no different than the stock market uh fantasy football literally is the same exact thing as far as i'm concerned and that's how i use it uh so i'm always looking for value that's me i'm all about value these uh everyone else in that draft is uh, well, they're all about value, but they're way more uh, analytical than me. I, I just go, you know, my team name is called Crack Rock, not because I enjoy the Crack Rock, but <laughs> I just like players that exhibit Crack Rock, crack rock abilities. So uh, it's just my expression for just being awesome uh, at anything. So uh, that's how I pick players who I think are the best uh, rather than go into the nuts and bolts more or less we were we were fortunate enough on on, on my other show the high stakes fantasy football hour this past friday noah rudell um was was a guest and this is a guy that you drafted against in in the uh, the hard way draft he, he co-owned his team with evan silva this was kind of um in an interesting uh dynamic for you because you 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 stepped into this draft and, and it was all these talented drafters in it um I, but you didn't really know what you were getting into, basically. Can you tell us how you, you sort of got involved in this? Yeah, well, I'm just, you know, I'm friends with these guys on Twitter. You know, we're back and forth. I, I know Ground and Pound uh, and Dave Hubbard and uh, and Nelson because they're in every draft with me at FFPC. So we're always, you know, you know, making fun of each other in the drafts and they needed one more guy and they just hit me up and like, we're doing a nine thirty next week. You know, you want to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course I'm in. So I didn't realize the thread started with Josh Jacobs and the controversy around him. So, right. Uh, yeah. So I just went in there just saying, uh, you know, I'm just going to draft. And then meanwhile, 
it was, uh, I've done a lot of drafts. This was the craziest draft I've done. It was completely upside down and uh, haven't seen anything like it since either. So this was really everyone trying to outthink each other. And I think by me not knowing what was going on, I kind of, uh, I did all right. I did all right. I think I did all right. But uh, again, I got a, some some crazy values here. But listen to Noah. Basically, everyone I picked was on his fade list. So now I know why I got those values. <laughs> well, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. You, you, you'll find out after the season's over. Uh, for anybody who wants to, I mean, you can obviously check out on Twitter. These boards are all over. Um, Todd from PA, at Todd from PA on Twitter, actually uh, covered the draft. He was in it, too, um, on his uh, Run to Daylight podcast. You can check that out. I believe it's blogtalkradio.com slash run to daylight. Um, and you can uh, get the audio from that as he covered it pick by pick. You had the seven pick in this draft, Greg. You went with Melvin Gordon over a guy who's really been rising up draft boards over the last month or so in, in Joe Mixon. Um, and I don't know if he's still rising with the with the Jonah Williams injury. But why, why was Melvin Gordon the play for you at seven over Mixon or anybody else you had the opportunity to take? Yeah, you know uh... – Melvin Gordon has been my guy from the beginning and has still been, you know, even from last year, uh, you know, I, I even forgot that I won that big payback. I, I think I should remember because that was a big win for me. Actually, <laughs> 25 Beaten, grand, baby. Uh, no, I mean, uh, honestly, that, that was the biggest grind I think I had, uh, you know, cocktails and dreams. Chad is, is friggin' unreal. Uh, Hubbard's it. I mean, it's just literally was the toughest thing. I, I think I actually got in on the last week with like uh, maybe a six and seven record. So victory points, what a great format that is. But yeah, Melvin Gordon is just, you know, you want someone who you know is going to get you that 15, 20 points every week and you don't have to worry about it. And Mixon is a worry. There's some question marks behind this. Obviously, the left tackle hadn't been out, but Mixon was rising because... Um, you know, Mr. Hubbard Nelson kept drafting him every friggin', uh, you know, along with David Johnson. So I, I know those guys, they literally move ADP in, uh, in, in, in FFPC. That's how influential they are. But, uh, yeah, I went Melvin Gordon cause I wanted that top back. As you can see the top five, those guys are pretty much set in stone and Kels for, Falls at six, so seven is the worst pick to have, uh, as far as I was concerned. So I just played it safe. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. Um, yeah, and and I I don't think that you know it was it was a huge shocking pick there at all because that's about where he's going. In fact, as I look at the FFPC uh, ADP right now, Melvin Gordon over the last week in FFPC best ball going on average at the 108. He's actually gone as high as the 103. Yikes! I have not seen that draft. Um, but so Melvin Gordon would make a lot of sense there, no question. I want to talk about um, the, the second running back that you added here after Gordon. That was Levy no. in the second round. Adam Thielen in the third. Then you go back to Josh Jacobs. You mentioned this earlier um, with, with the, the quote-unquote controversy. Are drafters undervaluing him as well as really the Raiders' offense as a whole so far this summer, in, in your opinion, given as many drafts? As 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 you've done uh, with with, uh, with no, Jacobs and no. the rest of the Raiders, no, they're actually overvaluing him, and, and that's why I took him in the in you know in the fourth and a half round or four or five, was because I hadn't seen him there, 
that late. He's usually got sometimes he's in the second round, sometimes third round for sure. And so literally when I was at the fourth round, I'm like, what is going on? Why is he still here? Because obviously I had two running backs. You know, I was really wanted to take Robert Woods there. But since he was there, I didn't realize that everyone was fading this guy. So I was like, I'm taking him because he shouldn't be here. And that's what I like to do is take someone who shouldn't be there just so I can, you know, basically for me, you know, consider like, you know, sniping someone in the fourth round. Meanwhile, I was the idiot because everyone was making fun of me. Everyone was like in the message board started going, ah, you picked Jacobs. And I was like, oh, uh, was that, is he hurt? What's going on? <laughs> like, no, that's what this whole thing started about. And I was like, all right, I'll take him. Screw it. And, and uh, we'll see how it works out. I mean, like, like you said, looking for value. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. I remember there was, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was last year. I think it was two years ago. I was commissioning an, a, a, a football guys draft and I can't remember exactly what happened, but, Somebody at the at the 101, it was like Gurley and or, or something like that. But then somebody slipped in the second round, um, and like it was another elite type back that I think there was an injury scare or something, and he slipped all the way to the 212, and then the guy got great value at the 301. And I, and I I wish I could remember the players. I can't. I just remember it was three insane running back values that this the 101 got. And I remember everybody in the chat room talking about all the value that this guy had found. Like like. Do what, don't lose internet, do whatever it takes, get a backup computer going. Do not mess out on, on the rest of this draft because this could be, this could be the 250K winner. And, I, and the guy did win the 250 Right. I think he won his league, if I remember correctly, but then his team had dealt with some injuries in the championship round and, and, he, and he didn't win the, the big prize. But that's what it's all about, is looking for value. And, and you got some there with, with Josh Jacobs. Um, let's move on and, and talk about Cooper Cup because this is a guy that you took at the 606 in this draft. Coming off, obviously, the ACL tear from last year, can we expect him to to see? Can we expect to see the same numbers from him right out of the gate prior to the injury? Do you think he's going to come along slower? Um, at, at what point do you think that that we start seeing, you know, the Cooper Cup that we were seeing when when he was crushing it with the Rams? Well, you know, this draft was crazy because by going three RBs the first. Uh, you know, four picks, all of a sudden the receivers were, were gone. Uh, so for me, that was type of a reach. But, you know, with respect to the ACL, I've torn both my ACLs. So I've had the surgery, you know, back years ago when it was, you know, full open year without even blinking an eye. And then I had the recent where they do it arthroscopically and literally in six months, six months, you're back. So uh, ACL is... I'm telling you, it's not as bad as people want to make it out to be. Sometimes, and in my case, you actually come back stronger because the part of the ligament to begin with was effed up, and that's why it needed to be replaced, and that's why it torn, and that's when they put it in there. So, uh, look, I, I know Cooper Cup. They get you in that rehab. He's going to be working everything. He's a PPR machine, and uh, in that offense, when I'm desperate for uh, – a second wide receiver in the sixth round. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, give me all the cup you can. I can, you know, suffer a couple weeks if he's slow to get it. But once he's up to speed, you know, that that's five, six catches a game without blinking an eye. So uh, that, I, I like Cooper Cup. Yeah. And, and that, the value, again, it's all about value. And not to mention the touchdowns, too, that could come in that offense, especially if they become more dependent on Cook's Woods Cup 
uh, rather than riding Gurley as hard as they did in the red zone last year because of, you know, his arthritic knee. So that there, I mean, there is something to be considering uh, for that as well. Um, okay, so let's talk about something, uh, Greg, near and dear to my heart, the Green Bay Football Packers. You go three, three of them straight uh, through the ninth, 10th, and 11th rounds. Aaron Rodgers, Geronimo Allison, and Jimmy Graham as your second tight end behind uh, Eric Ebron, who you drafted earlier. Now that uh, Matt LaFleur has, has now assumed the reins from, from former head coach Mike McCarthy in running that offense, are you loading up on, on all your Packers and your drafts in 2019? In other words, do you feel that the rest of the fantasy community hasn't caught up to the regime change there, the new offense there uh, that, that could bode well for Aaron Rodgers and have a trickle-down uh, effect on the rest of the skill position players there? Oh, well, first of all, this draft, all I knew was if you finish last, there's a, a real nasty penalty. Oh, so yeah, what right. I, I was thinking was, that. <laughs> my only thing was I do enough of these was if I'm going to join with these sharks, I cannot finish last. And meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, available in the ninth round uh, while people are taking Mayfield and, and Kyler Murray. So, uh, yeah, there, no one uh, – uh, likes Aaron Rodgers this year. No one likes Green Bay. And if you saw, also, I was one pick away from getting and uh, Valdez Scanling before Jimmy Graham. So I was going to have Aaron Rodgers, Allison, and Valdez Scanling. And I'm like, damn, that's at least a hookup for one of those guys is going to pan out. And I needed, uh, I needed wide receivers. I was de- desperate at that point uh, because again, I took Philip Lindsay. Uh, it was in the seventh round, so. Yeah, I think uh, Green Bay is completely being undervalued. Aaron Rodgers easily could be the number one quarterback, and he's being drafted basically at four or five. So that that's that's easy for me there. Uh, Green Bay is going to be exciting. They they got a new coach. They're going to air it out. Everything is going good. Just like Cooper Cup, you need people in offenses that are going to score. People forget about that. They always think about the player, and they don't think about the team. And uh, you really got to think about the team because that's half the battle. If you're not going to score a touchdown, what is it, you know, how good a player can you really be? This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Well, well, I want to uh, divert a little bit here. You're, um, you said you got Philip Lindsay in the seventh round in this draft, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I am not. I'm not a huge Lindsay guy this year, but I also have not seen him in the seventh round. And I think I'd be on board with Philip Lindsay in the seventh round. Can you talk a little bit about how much you like him this year, or was that just a case of like, oh my gosh, this guy should not be out here. I gotta grab him. I, I mean, I just did a draft. I saw him go early fourth round. So uh, 
I told you these guys are sharks. They they scooped up all the wide receivers. Never do you see if you looked at the sixth, fifth, and sixth round. There's twelve wide receivers in a row, uh, roughly, and so I'm like, I had to make a decision, and I'm gonna have to start two running backs in my flex, and I don't like to do that. It doesn't make a lot of sense from a roster construction, but sometimes you just gotta go with you know the draft gives you, and you can't have a preset. Uh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna have you know X amount of wide receivers, and damn, that kid was good last year. And again, people are not giving him any credit this year. I see Royce Freeman flying up the boards and Lindsey dropping off the boards. So. Yeah, what he did, uh, and when he touches the ball, that he, uh, the, he's lightning. He's like a water bug. He's fast, so there's no way he's not going to get the ball more and more. Uh, I like what he's doing there, and I'm not afraid of the whole running back by committee. I don't buy that. And the, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, and this is, and I've had conversations about this both on air and off air with some other high-stakes players, and, and the thing they bring up with Lindsey, um, and, and I think there's a certain regression in the mean argument that they all have and, and I support, but at some point, I mean, everybody has value. And with Lindsey, it's like, okay, he is coming off this pretty significant injury. And and they're, I don't want to lump everybody into this, but by and large, the opinions I've gotten is like, they would be much more concerned if this was a leg injury or, or a lower leg injury rather than a wrist injury. It, it bothers them less that this was a wrist injury rather than something that could sap either his speed, his shiftiness, um, you know, the way, the way he's able to cut. Uh, and, I, and I think that makes Lindsey maybe unfairly penalized a little bit in drafts if he continues to drop like this too, Greg. I I couldn't agree more, and, and that's the point. Uh, yeah, if he's coming off an ACL, all right, I get that. Uh, a wrist injury, that doesn't change how fast that guy was. And if you watched him play last year, I mean, this guy, no one even drafted him. And then all of a sudden he was a league winner for people. So, uh yeah, and you mentioned the word regression, and that's, you know, all the guys in these drafts, uh, they love talking about regression. They love fades. They love analyzing, and they worry more about, and they're smartly, they're correct, about which people to avoid rather than, look, it's the seventh round. Uh, Philip Lindsay's here. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't care. I'll stick him in my flex because – Everyone took all, <laughs> all the good wide receivers. So I don't want to, you know, normally I wouldn't play two running backs. So I'm going to have Josh Jacobs and Lindsey in my flex. And guess what? I'm not going to finish last. <laughs> That's a great uh, point. So... <laughs> That's a great point. Um, that that was my theory there. Let's 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 talk about um, mid round running back. Continue that conversation. You go with with four straight of them. Um, well, so not mid round, but late round. You get Devin Singletary from Buffalo, Jamal Williams, Eli McGuire, and Justin Jackson. Is that pretty typical for you to invest in those boomer bust picks at, at running backs late? Is that something that uh, you do, whether it's football guys or, or you know, best ball or main event or, or you know, one of the high stakes leagues? Is that pretty typical of what you do uh, later on in the drafts? Well, uh, you know, two of those guys are uh, my actual cuffs. Uh, so I have Melvin Gordon. You better get yourself Justin Jackson. I have Le'Veon Bell, who we didn't even speak about, fell to me in, in the second round because, again, these guys hate Le'Veon Bell. And when I say <laughs> these guys, I just mean the Sharks in here. They fade him. They say he's going to suck. So 
I'm a Jet fan, of course. Uh, to get Le'Veon Bell mid two six, not happening in any draft I saw then. And yeah, so McGuire, if something happens to Bell, he's uh, as a Jet fan, I know he's the second back. The whole Bilal Powell, everything else, uh, Ty Montgomery, and then Justin Jackson showed last year. If something ever did happen. It's really not going to be all Eckler. It's going to be Justin Jackson. And then, yeah, Devin Singletary, you know, oh, uh, who knows there. But, uh, yeah, in those late rounds, you got to get something that could fall right for you. Uh, Jamal Williams, you know, that's clearly just an Aaron Jones injury waiting to happen. And then, uh, you know, at that point, with all the, you know, kind of, reaching on a wide receiver i'd much rather take a running back there and hope to get lucky it's really just uh, uh, as you said it's a wild card uh besides the two cuffs i know you are a jets fan try to set your jets fandom aside for a second where does Uh, (laughs) where does Le'Veon bell finish among running backs this year is he a top five running back i mean is that where he finishes well right now everyone and i've done a lot of drafts uh it's it's going to be real. It's going to be real close. Uh, you know, maybe not there. But the thing I think people are not giving him credit for is the amount of balls he's going to catch. So I'm going straight. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, one, two. I know uh, three, four catches a game minimum. And for Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, I see the projections only 50, 60 catches, you know, no way. It's going to be more than that. They're going to use him all day, every day. You're going to see those swing passes from Darnold left and right. Uh, look, Case is not stupid. Uh, he needs to get some W's there. Plus, he just had a year off. Everyone says that's bad. How is that bad? That's good. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, sometimes it's just everyone overthinking it instead of just uh, – you know, taking a guy and just saying, look, he's in a great situation. I'm looking at him to get 80 catches. And if he does that, you know, at 2-6, uh, all of a sudden I got a first-round running back in the second round, and maybe I can win this whole thing. Or maybe, you know, I don't finish last again. That was <laughs> <Right>. my thing. <laughs> don't finish last. Uh, is there, you know, because you've done a, a bunch of drafts, a bunch of football guys drafts, other drafts uh, so far this season, do you think there's one player, maybe more than one player, that you feel like you might have too many shares of that, that you're a little bit worried that you're too invested in so far this season, or is that something that doesn't really cross your mind? Yeah. When you're drafting? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Le'Veon Bell <laughs> uh, because it's just like you said, uh, because early on and uh, as you know, uh, you know, Hubbard in his draft uh, does, he hates him, uh, you know, ground and pound doesn't like him. So, He's the one that always is, you know, sometimes I get him in the second round. Sometimes I get him at 10, 11, you know, and every time I, I take him, everyone just kind of laughs at me and says he's going to regress, regress, regress. So, yeah, he is uh, – I have a ton of Le'Veon Bell. So I'm going to live and die by him. So it's – I got a lot riding uh, on him. But if he becomes even 80% of what he was, that then I'm going to be fine. So this, this, this next question kind of leads me into what, what your answer was with Le'Veon Bell. 
are you trying to divert diversify the talent on your rosters when when you're drafting all these teams throughout the summer or do you not mind loading up on on one or two or a few players because of your convictions in in how you believe they're going to finish this year and and to 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 you know add on to that are you going to start consciously drafting bell less if if he is um you know available to you at these spots where you consider him a value or are you still going to grab him well i i would go back to your uh you know your conversation with noah and he would start taking less of him because he you know these guys do analytics i mean it's unbelievable the how fantasy football has progressed and how detailed these guys get into it it's incredible and good for them i mean it's it's almost become a science and but no i am just the opposite give me more i will load up the the back of you know that's how you win is by going with your guys if you don't have conviction in your guys and you shouldn't be doing this diversification that doesn't that's you know, I'm not I'm not playing for uh, fourth or fifth. I'm playing for first. You don't get anything for for the mid rounds. You have to you have to add risk, and that goes back to stocks. Just they call it alpha uh, geek terms, but it's just giving yourself uh, a, a bigger range of upside and adding more risk into your team uh, rather than adding less risk and by adding more risk you have a more chance of blowing up sure but i have a higher chance if if everything hits right to win so i'm all in on, on stuff like that i will not fade Le'Veon bell i will continue to take him all day and even melvin gordon i see melvin gordon falling again you know people are like oh he's has a bye week in the 12th round i don't like him uh how can i think about the 12th round bye week if uh you know, I'm not even in the playoffs at that point. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not into diversification at all. That that makes no sense to me. I just I, the opposite. Right. Yeah. And I and I totally get that. That I mean, it, you know, you're playing for first. You're you're trying to. I mean, if you believe in a certain guy, uh, there's no reason to to not take him if you believe you're leaving points on the table and somebody else getting a value, especially when your whole idea, uh, philosophy is looking for value. So I totally get. Uh, what you're saying on that, um, Greg? As we wrap up this uh, this podcast here, can you give us a guy that that you have been or will continue to stay away from in the early rounds of drafts this year, and then uh, a guy in in maybe the mid rounds or the late rounds that you've targeted in a lot of spots that you've gotten in a lot of spots, and and that you hope to continue to get uh, on a bunch of teams uh, before you know the Packers and Bears kick off in September. Well. Uh... The one guy, I mean, is obviously Todd Gurley. Uh, this guy has been a lightning rod for everyone in the fantasy, you know, the, the community. Uh, as you see, he went in the third round. Now everyone's taking Daryl Henderson right after that. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, so I want no part of it. I, I can't have an early round pick adding that much risk, even though he could have tremendous upside. Uh, so... I am avoiding Todd Gurley at all costs. Uh, and unfortunately, that could be my demise, but I'll live with that uh, if he comes out and busts it out. I just don't see uh, Daryl Henderson taking over and, and him being t- the Todd Gurley of last year. So if, if there's gonna, they're going to take away more runs, it's just a situation I am avoiding uh, completely and uh, let someone else take him. 
and then I don't have to think about them. With respect to someone I'm trying to get, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's James Conner, and James Conner keeps falling and, and seems to be falling, especially after the tweet that uh, he said he doesn't want the ball that much, or Jalen Samuels is. So that is someone, um, and I know I shouldn't obviously let this stuff out, but who, who cares? Uh, James Conner is the one I think can uh, be really, really, really uh, special, uh, especially where he's being drafted, even though he is going the first round. But he, I see him, again, falling to late second uh, and even sometimes maybe even the third, but that's very rare. And uh, and also Melvin Gordon. Uh, I see Melvin Gordon falling as well. So those for those people out there, um, I know that's not really uh, sleeperish, uh, but uh, those are guys I like. And then just from a, a PPR standpoint, uh, two values are Tariq Cohn and James White. Uh, those guys are falling as well. Yeah, no question. And I, I think Cohen uh, is going to continue to fall. At least there seems to be like this swell for David Montgomery right now. I think that will slow down and, and Cohen's ADP will pick back up. Cause I think he, he right now, uh, if you're drafting in early July, I think he represents a good value. We'll see where, what that happened. You know, what happens with that is we get closer, uh, to, uh, to Vegas and, and the main event and so on and so forth. Greg, this has been a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I'm glad I got to pick your brain on this. I wish you good luck in uh, all your leagues this year. I think you're in pros versus Joe's this year, right? Yes, uh, I am. I, I, I did get in there, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And uh, I'll be doing the uh, payback and all those other great uh, drafts. And just uh, props to you at FFPC. You guys do a great job. Uh, I just love the, the customer service, everything. You guys are top notch. And uh, especially you, Eric, you do, you're, you're really uh, nothing but uh, first class. So uh, thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much. Listen, the check's in the mail for that. I appreciate that. No question. <laughs> no, um, it's the truth. It's the truth. Well, thank you. Thank you. I certainly appreciate that. I uh, I will look forward to uh, following your pros versus Joe's draft. We'll be covering those live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And uh, best of luck in, in the big payback and everything. And most importantly, happy 4th of July and enjoy the Hamptons, dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone out there, uh, God bless America. Enjoy your 4th of July. And uh Remember, this is only fantasy football. It's fantasy. It's not real. So uh, don't take it too hard. Have fun. Enjoy your drafts. And enjoy your family as well. Thanks, Greg. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, dude. All right. All, all good. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. 
As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829-92 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. 